0: why? Alright, welcome back to the Next State of po- Mind podcast I'm your host Chip Murphy It's Monday, June 21st and we unfortunately didn't get a podcast out for you guys last week. So we have a lot to get to. Uh, Christoph Sporzingis killed another franchise. SVG is out in New Orleans and there's Zion drama. The process is dead. And the Brooklyn Nets are out. And in a surprise twist, Nets fans are killing Joe Harris for it, of all people. But to do help me with all of that, I have a first-time guest on the podcast, long overdue, one of the first people I ever interacted with on Nick's Twitter, Alex Collins. Alex, thank you for finally joining me on here. Thanks, man. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Appreciate it, man. Really appreciate it. And I brought up the topics with you beforehand, and I know you want to get into the Mavs stuff, so I'm just going to let you go. What was your take on the Mavs? The article... The fallout after the article, everything. Just, what was your thoughts on it?
1: I'm just rel- relishing in the Shogden Friday at the moment. <laughs> it's just been, it's it's been glorious to watch uh, the the Mavs. The Chris Porzingis is uh, the ultimate sleeper agent. He's he's been activated and he's just absolutely demolished the Dallas Mavericks franchise. It's it's, it's glorious. Uh, Operation Free Luca is in effect. Absolutely. Uh, it just it's uh, the the way that um, the way that Mark Cuban talked about how he swindles the Knicks for Chris Apps Porzingis, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to get that tattooed on my arm once mm-hmm. uh, Luca uh, requests out of uh, out of Dallas. It's it's been glorious.
0: It's common. I mean, he's not. There's already talk about him and the. Supposed shadow GM, who's a former professional gambler and a friend of Cubans. And apparently Luca hates him now. And Rick Carlisle quit. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Nelson, who Luca loved, uh, was fired. The guy who scouted Luca from back when he was 14. There's no way Luca is happy right now. So the only way to make Luca happy is to hire a coach that he wants. And it's, I mean, it's just a weird, weird, bizarre way to start the career of a generational talent. And it's, I saw like an an article about this or a tweet about this or something. It's like, at one point, do we need to have the conversation? Like is Mark Cuban a bad owner? Maybe he's just not very good and no one's really talking about that.
1: I suppose he's kind of, um, he's got the the one championship to show for it and that's he can always use that as a defense um, but when you kind of have Dirk Nowitzki propping up your uh, propping up your franchise for so long we don't really have an awful lot of information to judge him on I guess this is like his first um, I suppose you can give him credit for intentionally targeting Luca, identifying Luca as a target and then uh, maneuvering the Mavs into a place where they could actually move, uh, trade up on draft Luca, you know, but uh, just the way that, the way that that franchise has just totally collapsed over the last couple of weeks is, it's just been, it's been crazy. Um, just Chris Ops, this. it's looking like one of the, like it, when, when the trade happened, um, a lot of people were obviously kind of rightfully so saying the Knicks got uh, swindled, but uh, it's, it's turned out to be just the way that it has flipped uh, and now Chris Tapps is one of the most uh, overpaid players in the NBA just by purely on a production from a production standpoint is kind of, it's just crazy. Um, and you have a seven foot three uh, spot up shooter that can't play. It has no post game. Uh, just the, the dry. It seems to antagonize the your star player, who's you know arguably going to be the best player in the league uh, within the next couple of seasons. It's the way it's it's fallen apart. It's just been glorious.
0: He went there to play with the guy, and now the guy hates him. What he's it's hysterical. Like he would he forced his way out to go play there, and Luca must have been like, "What was I thinking?" Like I wanted this guy to come play here, and now he won't. Not only does he have no post game, he won't even attempt to post up. He just he catches the ball against guards and he fades away. Luca's reaction every time Kristaps posts up must be like when Embiid watched Simmons pass out of that open layup at the end of Game Seven. It's just like every time he catches the ball in the post, it's embar Like, and. I think, uh, I forget if it was Tim McMahon. It was someone was talking on Low Post that the as bad as the offense has gotten with Porzingis, the real staggering thing to watch has been the defense. It's like, holy shit, because look, as much as I hate the guy now, back when we were fans of him and we watched him, we were all talking about how great we thought he was going to be as a defensive player of the year, candidate possibly, and – I mean, he just can't guard anybody now. He's basically a traffic cone. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, well, I, rem- I remember
1: one of his one of his first games really early on in his next career. I think it was against the Rockets. He had like a six block game. Yeah. And it was kind of like one of those things where it was just early in his career, he was having these games where he would have six blocks in a game, four blocks in a game, three blocks. Uh, like, he was never, I don't think he was ever a fantastic, like, um, on-ball defender or anything like that but he was he just had this um he, he felt like his defense could go to another level and now it's he like you said he is a seven foot three uh latvian traffic on um yeah. you know it's it's just it's just ridiculous and uh the way that, the arrogance of the guy um you know which it's it's endearing when it's on your team um but when he is on an opponent or when he suddenly switches to becoming the enemy, it's it's like one of the most uh, unlikable things you'll ever see is the arrogance of Kristaps Porzingis. And uh, where he was talking about that he expected to be like um, a co-star uh, to Luka as opposed to like a support player, like as a, a secondary star. He, he thought he was on the same level as Luka Doncic. It's, just, it's, it's been glorious to watch. It's
0: as a fan of a team who owns that team's draft picks. It's it's nice to watch. It's it's hilarious to watch.
1: But roll on the uh, 20, 2023 draft. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely.
0: But uh, I think moving on. Speaking of ridiculous, the the situation in New Orleans not quite as ridiculous as Dallas yet, I guess. But I it's mean. It's it's getting there It's getting there Yeah, Stan Van Gundy fired after one season uh, David Griffin The general manager in New Orleans Again, second coach that he's just That he's fired since he got there uh, In my opinion, he's done a terrible job Yeah. Uh, there's reports, obviously After Stan Van Gundy was fired That he wasn't getting along with Brandon Ingram Stan Van Gundy's always feuded with players since he was a coach he's that kind of coach he butts heads with players uh but the big story to come out after that is Zion's family isn't happy with Zion's the way Zion's being prioritized in New Orleans and so there was a lot of talk about Zion you know of course New York yeah Zion coming to New York and in the future obviously not Now in the immediate future But at some point He's always going to be linked to New York Because of R.J. Barrett And their friendship But it was just a It's just a fascinating situation Because you have a generational talent there For the second time With with Anthony Davis They had that too And they may be fucking it up again Just like they did with Anthony Davis It's just incredible to watch To see them possibly doing it all over again
1: Right. Um, I'm not, I don't put too much stock in the whole, uh, you know, Zion's family aren't happy and he might try and like force a trade or anything like that. It's still very early on in Zion's career. I don't, you know, if I was a Pelicans fan right now, I wouldn't be overly worried. There's still like a lot of time to get these issues kind of sorted. Um, And, you know, like it's not a, it's not quite as uh, bad of a situation, like you said, as as the Mavericks are. I kind of feel like there's time. You know, Zion is he's he's not going to go and take the qualifying offer. I I just can't see it. Uh, and he's had his own injury problems where he's. Um, yeah. I think he's only played like sixty something percent of the the Pelicans' games since he came into the league. Um. So like, I just I can't see this becoming a very you know serious issue just yet i think they have time to kind of correct the ship um you know like these it's it's are like it's early on in their process as far as i'm concerned so like it's it's not anything that if i if i was a pelicans fan i wouldn't be too worried about this it's they'll they'll hire someone else um they'll you know i don't i don't know what they're going to do if they're going to try and bring lonzo back i think zion likes them so they probably will um, but they have like it still have like a decent young core there um and they have enough uh they can maneuver to actually just make that team better in other areas around the support structure around Ingram, Ball, and uh, Zion. So, you know, I I wouldn't be – I don't put any stock yet in Zion to New York or anything like that. It's it's too early.
0: No, way too early is the key thing there. It's way too early. And you're right about – you're spot on about the qualifying offer thing because of his injury history dating way back – to high school I think even definitely to college but I think the high school too and with his body type I'm sure he's got a lot of smart people in his camp who are going to be like look with your body type you can't take the risk and turn down x amount of millions of dollars and take this qualifying offer it's just even with his uh you know his uh shoe deal I think he's makes 80 million dollars whatever it is on his shoe deal with Jordan brand but I think he. There's no way he takes the qualifying
1: offer. It's just. Yeah. I think I think Macri talked about this in the KFS newsletter recently, where he thinks that like a star at some point, yeah, a young star is going to turn down the qualifying offer. I don't think it's Zion. Um, like he probably is right that it will happen at some point. At some point, somebody is going to do it, but um, just the the whole situation in New Orleans. I don't think it's. I don't think it's unsalvageable. Um, and I don't think Zion is it just the, the character of Zion and the fact that he does have these injury issues. I can't see him turning down hundreds of millions of dollars to qualify an offer. It's, it, it doesn't make sense to me. With that yeah. In case.
0: Yeah. I think Zion is capable of doing it because of potential outside income, I guess, but you add in, I think the guy to do it, would have to be a guy on just an absolutely awful team and Zion you mentioned Lonzo Ball he likes playing with Lonzo he has Ingram there yeah uh, there's talent there so he I'm sure he sees it as a salvageable situation I I don't think he would turn it down and I'm sure he feels like you know he's Zion he could get guys to come there he's he's Zion he could talk to some guys and get them to come there yeah I, I agree with you there but what what may not be a salvageable situation is the Philadelphia 76ers. If you watch Game 7 and Ben Simmons, that was one of the most brutal – whether you like Ben Simmons or not, you almost kind of have to feel bad for the guy. Watching him again in the fourth quarter just wouldn't shoot. Yeah. It's passed ugly. Open,
1: passed up an open dunk an to open pass the ball dunk. to Matthias Tybou. It was – I I, like that uh, Ben. I've never been a huge fan of Ben. I remember getting into arguments with people like last season over who would you rather have, uh, like Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram, and I took Brandon Ingram, yeah, uh, because the, you know, I understand how he's a fantastic like open floor player and he's a, a fantastic defender, but he just cannot shoot. He he provides like no well, he he provides some gravity and, like, pick a roll and that kind of a thing, but he just provides no gravity as a, in terms of, like, a floor spacer whatsoever um, to the point where you don't know if he's left-handed or right-handed. It's still up in the air what which hand he should even shoot with. Uh, and then when you have that being the case, and then his confidence just drops to the point where he's passing up open dunks in, like, late-game situations, it's... Him and Embiid, Embiid has his own issues, obviously, with injuries. Uh, They've never been a perfect fit. This was probably, they kind of went in all all in this season. I didn't think that they could turn the team, you know, like they had a terrible Horford contract. The uh, Tobias Harris contract was pretty bad coming into the season. He kind of, you know, he's, I suppose, arguably their second best player in this series. You know, it's available. Mm. Um, with him being I would say Curry I think Curry this, uh, yeah Seth, Seth, Seth Curry. there's definitely a shot for Seth but um, he he out before ben, ben Simmons essentially um, and it's just like they kind of I feel like they really went all in on this season they did a surprisingly decent job of actually um, salvaging after it kind of all fell apart last season and it felt like they had nowhere to go they managed to somehow s- salvage their situation and kind of went all in on this season and it just it fell apart again. Um, and I don't know how you go into next season with both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as your two best players cause they so clearly do not work together. Um, and you know, obviously you're not really going to trade Joel Embiid cause he's a, he was an MVP candidate this year. Um, it just feels like Ben kind of has to go. Um, I don't know how they didn't get him trade in, they didn't get hard, hard in the trade earlier in the season. It kind of felt like a perfect situation for both um, and it didn't happen but now you have to think like do we target um, Bradley Beal or CJ McCollum or you know there, there has to be something because the, the Sixers as currently constructed uh, they just do not work. Um, you have to find some some way of you have uh, you know you have Embiid if you can keep him healthy and with the rest of the pieces around Embiid, you, you kind of feel like if they if had they the right second player, um, they have a shot. But that is not playing siblings.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, they have one of the best players in the NBA, an MVP candidate in Embiid. They look primed to make a finals run this year. They had the number one overall seed and they lost to the Hawks who, I mean, they started off the year slow, but they were, and they were phenomenal, but. They, I mean, that was just an embarrassing loss, and on top of that, you put the blown leads were just miserable. It was, t- it was a terrible look. Obviously, there's going to be much made about Doc Rivers blowing leads again, but no, you you can't come back with Simmons, and you brought up C.J. McCollum. I think that's going to be the one that's brought up a lot. Uh, uh, Simmons for McCollum your own Weitzman wrote a, a long piece for uh, a great piece for Fox sports again today about Simmons. And he talked about uh, in the past, the Sixers potentially, uh, <laughs> I guess, considering asking Simmons to switch hands <laughs> shooting with his right hand. I think it was the Colangelo uh, management team that he said was going to ask him that, but uh, he, yeah, he, and the hard he brought up, like, it's common knowledge. Like, Daryl Morey was attempting to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, and either the Rockets didn't want him or they didn't want to do business with Daryl Morey, whatever it was. But, yeah, the, I mean, C.J. McCollum is a name that's going to come up. Malcolm Brogdon is a name that's going to come up. Could they be doing that, or could they have their eyes on someone bigger? I don't like you mentioned Bradley Beale, too. Whatever it is, something needs to change there because now Ben Simmons sees himself as a point guard. Like, he sees himself as, you know, he did his job. Yeah, like, he – and, I mean, he's – you know, he, he got to score more than four points a game or whatever it was. Like, it was – you got to get the job done better than what he
1: did. I think if you did swap him with McCollum, it kind of makes sense for both teams because it gives – more um it gives the sixers more creativity on the perimeter um to pair with Embiid and then you have for the trailblazers you kind of have like a almost like a draymond green kind of to uh yeah. Dame dame steph curry it kind of it's it's a just a better fit for both teams. Um yeah like I would have traded I would have traded Ben for Harden earlier in the season. I don't know why it didn't work. Like you said it that. You know, it's, it it came out that Mori was trying to do it, and uh, to me, it, that just made total sense. I was kind of screaming about it at the time that I thought that they should trade him for Harden. But now, like I suppose, I suppose CJ McCollum is, is probably, like you said, it's the most realistic scenario, and I think it makes sense for both teams if they if they can work it out because. Like, like I said, you know, on paper, Ben is, uh, you know, he's a defensive player of the year candidate and a first-team All Defensive Player, but it just does does not work with uh, with Joel. And Joel, despite the injuries, is an MVP candidate. So, you know, of the of the two, who's going to be expendable? It's it's got to be Ben. Um, and I know you're kind of selling them below now, but it's just it it is what it is. You have to make the best of the situation, and you you really can't go back into next season with both of them on the same roster.
0: You're selling them low, but Portland's desperate to make a change too. So I think they'd be willing to do it. I think you could get McCollum and it is the, you said the perfect fit. Portland is desperate for defense and Simmons is still one of the best defenders in the NBA. So I think that's the perfect trade and you nailed it with the, the Draymond, uh, the Draymond Steph, comparison there too but philly is out and we have an atlanta hawks milwaukee bucks eastern conference finals just like we all imagined it would be atlanta hawks milwaukee bucks and that means the brooklyn nets lost too yes despite an incredible performance as much as i dislike the nets we have to lead off by saying kevin durant Is one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. He is incredible and played every single minute. Yeah.
1: He's amazing. He is, but he's also incredibly uh, corny and annoying.
0: Oh, God. Uh. Of course. I'm talking about on the court. (laughs) Yeah. I'm talking about on the court. Off the court, he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, I have no love for him off the court. But on the court, God, he's amazing to watch. I was watching the games. Uh, my brother is a huge Nets fan. So I, I watched the games with my brother and it's just, you know, it's it's amazing to watch the game with uh, just, he's so good. And we watched the begin the original games with Kyrie, the early games with Kyrie too. It's like, shit, man. It's again, as much as I may dislike the Nets, it's beautiful basketball to watch that team. But I was really happy to see them lose at the same time. (laughs) Like, I don't know, I don't know why I, I would like, I've never dis I've never disliked the nets before. Like I, I live in New Jersey where the nets obviously were before. Yeah. And I grew up going to nets games and you know, Jason Kidd, Carrie Kittles, Kendall Gill. And I, so I never disliked the nets, never really cared about the nets. I always liked Brooke Lopez, but I don't know, man, this team was just this. I don't think it's as much about the nets as it is that they form this super team. That is just so annoying. Yeah. Like it was just good to watch them lose. And Giannis is a likable guy and Chris Middleton's a likable guy. And Brooke Lopez is on this, these bucks, this bucks team, and he's a likable guy. And it's just, I'm rooting for the bucks now. So I'd love to see the bucks win the championship. Although, I would love to see Chris Paul get a ring first. Hopefully, he comes back. He's okay and safe and healthy. But yeah, it was it was nice to see the Bucks win. That was cool.
1: Yeah, like I kind of feel like now that the Nets are out, I kind of have no skin in the game whatsoever. Like yeah. I don't really hate. Like I, Trey Young is kind of he has. I'm not. I'm not going to say I hate him yet. He, he has potential to be like a Knicks villain which I kind of enjoy. I kind of appreciate that we have these, like, things where we can actually, like, dislike these teams because we were irrelevant for so long. And it just gen- generally, like, I'm obviously, you know, I'm I'm over here in Europe. Uh, I grew up, like, mostly in, like, a, a soccer background where rivalries between, like, uh, actual, like, soccer teams are serious, serious things. Yeah. And I- in comparison, I wouldn't even call american sports in a lot of cases that oh it's a rivalry but it's like for me it's not really a rivalry you know like if, if a player can go and play for the celtics and the lakers in back-to-back seasons and have nobody you know berate them or anything like that then it's not really a rivalry um but it's nice it's nice to be able to just like relax and if i can just sit back and enjoy and see who wins this championship and it's it's it I think it's good for basketball that um, you know, like and the Knicks have won an NBA championship more recently than all these teams. You know, like the the most recent team of the four to win a championship of, of the two, obviously that have two of them have have never won anything. But um I think the the Bucks last won the championship in like nineteen seventy or something like that. Yeah. Um so it's it's just nice. Like the the I, I probably would root for the Bucs if I have to choose I, I also like Giannis. You know, it's, he's he's he seems like a just really down to earth kind of likable guy. But um, I don't like I don't really care honestly if if Chris Paul and Devin Booker win a ring or if um I was going to say Trae, Trae Young wins a ring, but you know um, I'm not too sure. Maybe he's of of he'd be my last choice of the four. It would be the Hawks. Um, but like it's just I think it's good for basketball honestly. And like you said, I just I love that the Nets lost. Um, I I do enjoy their um, their basketball. I've always been a James Harden fan. I know he rubs a lot of people the wrong way with the way he kind of um, monopolizes the ball, but I've always I've always just been a fan. And I just thought he was he's insanely talented, um, and like obviously like you said, like Kevin Durant is he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen um, talent wise, uh, and probably uh, Kyrie is one of the most offensively talented players of my lifetime as well. Um, but just all three of them are not particularly likable, and it's uh, it's just nice to see them fail. Um, I would like them to be healthy and fail. Yeah, that might have made it even a little bit sweeter, but yeah, I'll take it.
0: That's that's a good point. When they come back next year and they're all healthy, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to imagine them being beatable. But that's interesting because you don't hear a lot of non-Rockets fans say they're James Harden fans. So what made you a hard vent just cuz of how great he is or is there another reason
1: He he's he's just so good. He's so talented like it's I, I know he's kind of he's in, you know when he wants to lock in on defense he I've seen him have good defensive possessions where you know he, when he he can kind of turn it on he has the size um and then just on offense he's just I've always said that he's like a surgeon he's just the especially when he played for the Rockets he would just he was almost unstoppable but with the ball in his hands. It's, I, I don't particularly care. Like, it's the same thing. People are kind of saying the same things about Luca now where it's, um, they don't like his brand of basketball. Um, but like, honestly, if, if a player has the ball in their hands and they are just that efficient with it, I don't particularly, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, like I just, I, I can appreciate just that the players are that talented, but that this is him as a player, as a person, you know, I'm not a huge fan, honestly. <laughs> I just I I just appreciate the talent. It's the same thing with Kevin Durant, where it's like I, I I know multiple people who have had Kevin Durant come at them in their DMs, and I think to you myself like you're one of the greatest athletes of our generation, and you you're just talking to random people in their DMs on Twitter. Like what other? You, you imagine like someone like a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Serena Williams. Or, you know, like, a, a, well, Floyd Mayweather might be, like, a bad example. But, like, a, a yeah. this all-time great athlete. Tiger Woods. Ran, <laughs> randoms on Nick's Twitter. have Multiple people on Nick's Twitter have had this guy in their DMs <laughs> talking shit. Excuse That's,
0: my French. It is wild that Kevin Durant just will respond to random people with, like, 20 followers on Twitter. <laughs> like, you're Kevin Durant. Like what? Don't you have other things to do? Like, and he'll do it like an hour before tip off too. Like he'll just be tweeting at people. He's, I mean, it's you know, a lot of people love him for that too. And it's not, it's not my, it's not my least, it's not the most unlikable thing about him. To be honest, like, there's a lot of, I, I dislike that he can't stop shitting on the Knicks. Like that's his, that's the most unlikable thing about him. But he's the, I don't know, it's whatever the whole
1: but you see, that's the the shitting on the next thing is kind of good for the game where now we have like it's it's adding to the rivalry that's and true. things like like the rivalry is it makes it, it makes sports so much better when there's these rivalries and like games it gives an extra dimension to, to the game and to the sport where you actually have these like i i can't stand kevin durant i can't stand the nets we have to uh, beat this team, and it just it it adds to everything. So I don't even mind that stuff, you know. Like it's kind of weird that it kind of it it kind of seems to come out of nowhere. Um, you know, like I I kind of it's not like if he was doing it in a press conference where people are asking him about, about the Knicks and he wants to be salty, that's kind of different from just being salty out of nowhere, and things like that. But um, you know, like it's it's more like just it's just, it's just weird that he the way he behaves, he does not behave like one of the, you know. A top 10 all-time player in the sport it's just it's it blows my mind honestly
0: yeah i guess it's because it's just a human nature to compare him to the way lebron james behaves and lebron behaves like such a professional 24 7 it seems like and duran is just the antithesis of that not not I'm acting yes yeah.
1: He's a literal Twitter troll. like Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he just embraces
0: it. Yeah. Which, I kind, I, of, which I kind of respect. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say that I kind of respect that he does that, that he just embraces he's a Twitter troll. At this point, he's like, you know what? I am, and I'm not going to stop. He can't control it. I think he's addicted to it at this point. But uh, I think we're going to move into some Nick's, Nick's talk at this point. We want to talk about some upcoming free agents – in this offseason, guys on expiring deals for us, who uh, if we want to bring them back. Alex, I want you to talk about if you wanna if you would bring them back, if you think the team's gonna bring them back, whatever your thoughts on on these guys are. I'm gonna bring up their names to you, and then I want you to talk about them for me. So the first name I'm gonna bring up to you is Derek Rose.
1: Okay, uh, I would bring Derek back. I thought he was fantastic in the playoffs. Easily the Knicks' best player. He's uh, ever since he joined the Knicks in what was honestly one of the the most underrated trades probably I've I've ever seen. Like to get Derek Rose for I think it was just a second round pick and Dennis Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, is probably one of the best Knicks trades I've seen in my time following the team. he is just a veteran presence. He, he knows Thibodeau so well. Um, he knows his system. He just works within the whole... Uh, he works within the, the team. Uh, he seems very well-liked. He's well-respected around the league. It can only help for you know, uh, bringing in free agents. Uh, there's, there's really... I, d- I don't see a reason... To not bring him back, I don't think he's going to command a huge amount of uh, money or years that it's going to jeopardize the next cap space. The only criticism really I have of Derek Rose is that he's a defensive liability, and uh, the Hawks targeted him targeted him particularly bad in the playoffs. Um, but overall, I thought he was a net positive, and uh, if you can get him in, a, you know, like a more of a, a role player. Um, kind of spot next year. Assuming we're in the playoffs again, and you can kind of hide them a little bit on defense. I don't think it's it's going to be a huge issue. So yeah, I, I'd 100 percent bring him back, and I expect the Knicks to bring him back.
0: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree on Rose. I'd bring him back, and just completely egoless, selfless guy too. Just like I'm going to come off the bench, and did the obviously did the same thing with the Pistons. It was like and and he finished in the top. Of uh, six man of the year voting, fourteen point nine points, four point two assists, forty eight point seven shooting, forty one point one percent from three was huge for this team because they needed a floor spacer desperately in the backcourt. When you have that, when you have Alfred Payton as a starting point guard, you need that. And I mean, he was he was great. I mean, it's a like you said, he's you know he turns I believe. 33 yes 33 in October I don't think he's going to command uh, a lot of years I'd be surprised if he was offered more than two maybe someone offers him three I don't think his salary is going to be high yeah you know I, I he loves Tibbs and he everyone loves uh Leon Rose and World Wide West so. I was gonna.
1: I was gonna say. I think he's happy in New York, honestly. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. like I have no information to back that up, but he just, he just seems to be enjoying himself at the yeah. moment. I mean, he the, made. I don't even think he's gonna really. I can't. I can't even see him honestly um, taking other teams too seriously in free agency. I imagine he's gonna give the Knicks the, Same. the clear, a clear runway to to bring him back.
0: I agree. He made about. $8 million this year. I think if they give him a slight pay increase, I think he'd just probably sign right away. So
1: I, I don't think yeah, they're going to have would be, It would be well-deserved.
0: Yeah, ex- agreed. It'd be well-deserved too. Uh, I completely agree with you on that. The next name is uh maybe a little more difficult for you, and that's maybe the most uh, tumultuous name among the fan base, and that is Frank Nilakina.
1: Oh head and heart are kind of <laughs> conflicting here. But honestly, look, Frank is not going to demand a lot in salary. Can I say I want to bring Frank back? Of, oh, and of not, course he can't be crucified. Oh, he's not gonna of he's not gonna demand a high salary. He's a very good defensive player. Uh, I'm gonna get so much shit for this. He's a very good defensive player. He's improved as a as a spot up shooter. Okay. He should have gotten more burn in the playoffs. He he would have been so much more useful than playing 30 seconds, 15 seconds here and there. Uh, Frank Nilakina is a useful player on the team. He's not going to command a lot of salary. We can bring him back for a year with a team option, year with a player option. I am all in on bringing Frank Nilakina Frank back. And uh, we also need to break the Charlie Ward curse. More importantly, we need to break the Charlie Ward curse because we still do not have a first-round uh, pick from, from the Knicks, uh, who has been brought back after their rookie deal since Charlie Ward, and that is, he was he has been destined to break that record.
0: Which is just an insane thing, the Charlie Ward curse is just crazy, just completely insane, and you might get shit from some people. I don't disagree with anything you said about Frank. I think, look, I guess I I used to be higher on Frank than I was, than I am now, but I don't disagree with anything you said about how good a defender Frank is. I think his improvement shooting wise is clear. If you, if you're ignoring that, then you just don't like the guy because he clearly improved as a shooter, but will he be back? I don't think he'll be back because I, I don't think Tibbs has a spot for him. I don't think he's going to play him. I'd love it if he came back. Cause I think he, you, you pointed out perfectly He would have been great against Atlanta. He, you go and look back at. There's clear video. As a fan, you can view it of him giving Trey Young fits. Trey Young even pointed it out himself. He's like, after uh, Trey Young hit the game winner on Frank. Obviously, that was brutal. But uh, Trey Young even said himself, "I know Frank's a good defender." Those were the first words out of his mouth to the press. He's like, "I know Frank's a good defender, so I had to make a good move
1: on him." Like. Guys in the league. I remember how good Frank. Frank is. I remember Frank uh, during Young's uh, rookie season. I think he he locked up Trey multiple times yeah. uh, during the, the Knicks Hawks series uh, throughout the the regular season in, in when Trey was a rookie. Um, you know, like again, I agree with you. I don't think the Knicks are going to bring him back. I think some team will just talk themselves into. Uh, you know, like a one-year pay for Frank or something like that, um, just to to take a take a flyer on him and see if it works out. I just think he's I think he's a winning player, and I've never been I've never been high enough on Frank that I've I've seen people say he's going to be the next Kawhi Leonard and things like that. Never been that high on him. I just thought he's a useful role player. He's a, he's the kind of player that's he's going to be um, the fifth best starter on a very good team or uh, you know like a, a very good seventh man like a tony uh, allen which, type player Then, l- yeah like a ton- like a tony allen who could shoot essentially yeah 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 which is a um, really good player yeah which is a very good useful player <laughs> yeah. he's and he's always been he's always been i've always just thought that he's a, a winning player he's he's a very likable player he's uh he's i'm, I'm I'm going to be told for this. He's a very likable player. He's a smart player. He's a good defender. The shooting, I always thought that his shooting would improve, and it has. You know, like I never thought he was really a point guard. I always thought he was like a two or a three, and that's kind of what he is. And he's just—he's just a good, useful one. Is he replaceable? Yeah, he is replaceable. Um, but I don't know. You know, like if if I had the choice, I would bring him back on a reasonable deal and like approve the deal. Um. But like I said, I I don't think the Knicks are going to bring them back. I think they're right about that.
0: No, I don't think they will either. And I, I know I as much as I – it does uh, – because I do hold a special place in my heart for the guys we draft always. It pains me to say this. If I were Frightening Lakina, I'd probably want to start over somewhere else just based on what happened playing time-wise there. But uh, moving on to uh, our next player here, I got Alec Burks. Uh, He made $6 million this year. He's coming off a one-year deal. He played, I mean, he was pretty much kind of what we thought he'd be. He scored a lot of points off the bench, had some really good games and some frustrating moments. But he had that one Alec Burks game in the playoffs that we will always remember him for if he does in fact leave. But, Alex, do you think he should be back?
1: Uh, I think it depends on the contract, um, but I would lean towards yeah, bring uh, bring Burks back. I think he's he can create his own offense, which is probably the most important skill in the modern NBA. Um, you know, he's he's that kind of player where he can he can win you a game in in the playoffs kind of single-handedly, which is almost invaluable, really. Uh, I don't think he's going to command a huge amount. Uh, I you know he he might it might be his last opportunity to get like a decent contract and he might want to lock himself up for multiple years or something like that. So it might be a case that he does leave. But if there is an opportunity to bring him back for like a decent salary that's not like a huge overpay, uh, I'd definitely be interested.
0: yeah, it it could be his last chance to get at a good salary. yeah that's a good point. I wasn't even thinking of that because he is he's not old he's older i guess now he turns 30 in july so it could be he's his stock is pretty high right now he might want to be getting paid he'll probably get offered three or maybe four year deal so that's a good point that could force out of the price range and his skill set is very vital but there's also guys you can find who can do what he does i'm sure we have scouts who can who can do that for us but uh, the next the next name on the list is a little easier to to uh, discuss than Alec Burks, and that is our esteemed former starting point guard Alfred Payton. Any thoughts on Alfred Payton, Alex?
1: I have so many thoughts on Alfred Payton. <laughs> uh... I I remember being in Knicks Film School Slack when Payton got re-signed in the off-season last summer and being absolutely enraged. Uh, I remember being in New York last February prior to the the pandemic watching the uh, Knicks play the Thunder in MSG and talking about how Alfred Payton isn't even useful to a playoff team like because he provides zero spacing. He's, he's, he would not get minutes for a good playoff team. Um, and it was the height of frustration to watch him uh, suit up as many times as he did this season. And then in the playoffs, uh, Tibbs insisting on, no, you, you, you still start. Here's just, you know, eight minutes, no, <laughs> five minutes. Or half all of Nick's uh, Twitter screaming at their televisions, you cannot play this man. You cannot play this man. He is, I, I just, I, I've never been more sure in my life that Alfred Payton cannot be back next season. He just, he needs to go, we need to cleanse. You know, I would send him on the next, you know, there, there was a thing where um, uh, Jeff Bezos was, he's, he's obviously going to space with his brother and you could bid on flights uh, to, to go with him and his brother to space, send Alfred. We should have we should have been starting uh, a GoFundMe to, to pay to basically bid to get Alfred on that flight, get him into space, just get him away from me. I cannot stand to watch this guy play basketball anymore. Does this answer your question?
0: It's so funny a year ago we were talking about Julius Randle like that.
1: <laughs> we were uh, saying, the thing is him. the thing we did talk about Julius Randle like this, but I I always acknowledge and I was I was you know, talk about trading Julius. I would trade anybody on this team in, you know, like, I don't care who you are in the NBA. I'll consider trading you for the right package, honestly. Yeah, of course. But we always acknowledged that Julius was talented. Mm-hmm. You know, That's even true. even pe- people just were like, oh, you know, it's not a good fit. Um, he's just not in the right situation. He's not number one or whatever. And he proved us all wrong. Uh, whereas nobody is saying this about Alfred Payton, except for his immediate family. Yeah, um, apparently.
0: And his so, Twitter burner account, which I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, that guy who's always defending him on Twitter. And there's people who still, there's a lot of people who defend him on Twitter too.
1: The old there, Knicks fans. Yeah. There are, but the Knicks, Knicks fans just generally were irrational people, um, you know, and we, we love the team. And I did, there's people, like I did the same thing. I'll defend random players who, you know, like I'll be like looking back and I'll be like, Frank, you know, the Keener guy, I completely defended him for so long. It's just our nature. It's like we love the team. It's we Sometimes we can't be rational. But no, Alfred Payton, is, uh, he needs to be off the Knicks. Uh, will he be back next season? Yes, he will. And I will put my head through a wall. Wait, you really think he's going to be back next year? I kind of say it a little bit facetiously, but I'm not willing to say that there's no chance. Uh, wow. He, like, he started the majority of the season. Am I going to say That's it's a true. 0% chance? I'm not going to say it's a 0% chance. He started playoff games for us. You know, obviously, Tib saw something in him. Do I think he will be back? Like, no, I don't. But am I willing to say there's no chance? You know, I thought there was no chance he'd be back this season, and he was, and he started, so.
0: Yeah, that's true. And he's also, he's obviously has a friendship with Randall, too, through their agency. So he's, at best, I would say he's probably plan D, plan E for them. Yeah, I'm sure they have at least – two or three other point guard options in free agency before him.
1: If they don't, God help us.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hopefully like four or five, but I would say at least three. Uh, but uh, I, I'm i sure if Lonzo and Lowry and a bunch of other guys fall through, then he's probably on their list. But this uh, this next guy is the most intriguing guy to me yet, coming up here. That's uh, Nerland's Noel because he had obviously a huge season for the Knicks and it increased his free agency value. Yeah. And it may have, incre- you know, we were talking with Alec Burks, it all depends on the money. It may have increased his free agency value to the point where the Knicks maybe shouldn't offer Noel a contract. He made $5 million this year, uh, turned 27 years old in April. Uh, played really well. I'm sure he's going to be looking for a multi-year deal. Alex, what do you think of New Orleans for the future? Should the Knicks bring him back? Will they bring him back? Uh,
1: should they bring him back? Uh, I lean fairly heavily no. Um, i probably say the same. I, I don't think they will bring him back. I think he's probably going to get like a decent contract from someone else. Um, he's. I think what he brings to the team is replaceable. Uh, you know he's a, he's a very good defender uh, you know shot blocking is one of those things where I kind of feel like it's sacrilegious to say this because I, I love it it's pro- probably my favourite thing in the, in basketball is actually yeah. when an emphatic uh, block in the game and it can be momentum swinging and stuff like this so you can't you can't say it's entirely like it's, it's more than just what you can quantify but um, I kind of feel like shot blocking is kind of one of those things where it's it probably is a little bit more easily replaceable and less valuable as a skill than we would want to admit. Uh, You could probably get someone to replace him. I know there's been talk about getting Dwight Howard uh, to replace him because he has more size. So, like, backing up Mitch, who's also kind of slender. I know he's been putting on muscle while he's been out, but, you know, he's still not a particularly big defender. Uh, Going up against the likes of Clint Capella, um, Noel was kind of – a non-factor, and we had to result. You know, we had to turn to like a thirty-five-year-old Taj Gibson to try and defend uh, Clint Capella. You know, so I would lean no. I, he does seem like a very likable guy. You know, if they did decide to bring him back, I wouldn't kick up a fuss about it. But you know, for the amount of money I think he's probably going to get from a team, and what he actually brings to the team, I don't think it's as useful as you know. Uh, my, as our, our, I think our heads, if we were honest about it, we would say that it's, you know, it's it's probably a bad idea for the amount of money he would demand. Um, I agree with you.
0: I think you're, if you use your head over your heart, because we all, we all loved watching him this year, but you got to take your heart out of it. And he's going to, somebody's going to offer him like a three or four year deal and use him like spot start duty and stuff too. And he's, he's going to get paid some. Serious money, so uh, I think he's probably going to be out of the Knicks' price range. But I think, and ideally, I think the Knicks maximize Tibbs did what Tibbs does. He maximized the role players' value. Yeah, like that's what he did. That's what he did with the Bulls. You know, guys like DJ Augustine, Nate Robinson. You know, he that's what he did. Kyle Korver. Uh, but uh, moving on to the the next guy, who I. Totally talk about prove me wrong. Totally proved me wrong. Uh, Reggie Bullock had maybe the best year of his career this year. Uh, he was just phenomenal uh, and shot the lights out. Uh, didn't play great in the playoffs. I think a lot of that had to do with uh, Julius Randall, not playing very well in the playoffs because so much of his success was dependent on that, but shot it at 41%. Uh Overall, from three on six point one uh, attempts per game, ten point nine points uh, in thirty minutes. Played sixty five games, sixty four of them were starts. Uh, Alex, what do you think, Reggie Bullock? Should the Knicks bring him back?
1: Uh, it depends on the contract. Um, I would lean. I would lean yes. It. I don't think he's. Uh it's, it's kind of hard to say. I really don't know what another team is going to offer Reggie in free agency. Um, but if it's if it's not too much, I would definitely be open to bringing him back. It's it's it for me bringing Reggie back isn't. A, it's not like a talent, a question of talent or anything like that. Uh, what he brings to the table as a player, I've I've always been a fan of Reggie Bullock. Um, his shooting. I think he's he's got a proven track record of being like a very a very good shooter in the NBA um before he even joined the Knicks. Um I think he obviously like you said he did kind of uh regress quite badly during the playoffs. But um I think you put that down to other the other you know factors where it was like it was his first time in the playoffs and he's what like twenty eight, twenty-nine. Um so like things like, you know, the game the, the series went five games and if you take into account the fact that you know he was playing his first playoff game game one his first away playoff game in game three um and then like the fact that Julius didn't turn up and you know quite a lot of the Knicks just in general didn't turn up um I think you can kind of excuse it to a degree uh I think if you did bring him back and if if the Knicks make the playoffs again next season that uh, Reggie is back in his is the well I was going to say the same role as he was in this season but this season he was really kind of a number three ideally he's like a four or five or you know, a seventh man, you know, like role player, essentially. If if he's in that same role again, I think he's a lot more helpful uh, this time next year. Um, so yeah, I would bring him back. It just depends on the money. Um, and as if will he come back? Uh, probably. I would. I would lean. I would lean yes, but um, I would not Like I would not put money on it.
0: Yeah, he made. Roughly four million dollars this year Because remember he signed that original contract And then they had to Or he had to renegotiate it Because it turned out he had an injury They didn't know about beforehand So he didn't make a lot of money And he totally outperformed That salary this year So you would think he's going to want a big pay raise But Probably Yeah, but if I were the Knicks I mean he was so good And he's such a good fit with Randall And he's a Really good defender, and I think he fits well with RJ too. He's a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective because he's a shooter, spot up shooter too. I, I'd bring him back. I think if you can get him on that mid level too, which is perfect for shooters, obviously. And oh, he's I'd bring him back, and as long as the money isn't like insane Joe Harris, Davis Bertans money, which I assume it won't be. Hopefully after watching what just happened with those guys, those performances, uh, uh, those contracts won't happen again, hopefully ever. But, uh, yeah, I, if it's the right price, I, I want him back. Yeah. He's,
1: he was great for this team. He just seems like a very gen, like a genuinely, uh, likable guy as well. Um, which, you know, like, you know, I, I would be kind of a lot more cutthroat in terms of making decisions in the NBA, but, um, He's, he just—he's a nice guy to root for, so like I'm again, I, I wouldn't complain if he was back. I, I, I like, I, like I said, it's it's not any a question of skill; it's a question of of the contract because I don't want to hamper the team um, with a bad contract for Reggie Bullock. But I, like you said, I, I'm I wouldn't be overly worried that that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, he's that's just the us. So many of these guys are so likable; it's hard to not wish any of them to be back. And that that leads me to Taj Gibson on here, who is about to turn 36, turns 36 on June 24th. And you would have to think he plans on coming back next year. And, you know, Tibbs is his guy. And he, look, I, I don't even know what his numbers were in the Atlanta Hawks series, does it even matter? He was one of the three, maybe two best players in that Hawks series for the Knicks. He was so good for them. I, Alex, I, I already will say my answer. I think they should bring him back next year.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I was going to say yeah. that, this, that this is the easiest one of all <laughs> yeah, of yeah. them so far. It's 100% <laughs> they should bring ties back. <laughs> Without question, like, what is he's, he's hardly going to get like a $10 million, you know, dollar a year, a five year contract? Like, it's he's going to be back on like a minimum or something like that. I don't even care, honestly, even if it was like a mid level exception or something, bring Taj <laughs> back. It's not, it's, it's, there's no, uh, room for debate. Like, I don't care what age he is. He's a sadly player. He's a good defender. He, he was, like he said, he was probably the next second best player along with Derek Rose. Uh, he did a very, admirable job against uh capella who just was way way out- outmatched him in terms of size um you know he's just he's a he's a winning player he's a likable player he's a new yorker um just for the culture you have to bring ties back um i'd be i'd be devastated honestly if he wasn't on the knicks next season yeah and, i agree uh, yeah i think they will bring him back
0: yeah i agree i think Every Knicks fan would be devastated If they didn't bring him back He was such a a likable guy To have on the team But I think that's Where we're going to wrap up I'm so happy You finally came on That we got you on here Alex Thank you for coming on I know it's difficult with the time zones I appreciate you making time for us Uh, This was a lot of fun man I'm glad you finally were able to come on
1: yeah. Thank you so much for having me, uh, anytime, honestly. Uh, it was, this was a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to do it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you have anything you want to plug your Twitter
1: feed? Anything else? <laughs> nope. Uh, I've not been active <laughs> on Twitter. I've not been active on Twitter recently because it's it's kind of the off season and I've, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I wouldn't say take a break, but I'm I'm not as active when the next time not playing, but, um, you know, if you, if you want to follow me, I suppose you can, it's, uh, at mr alex collins so uh it's mr's mr um abbreviated and then um subscribe to the mixed film school newsletter uh throw Macri a couple of dollars um (laughs) and other than that yeah just uh again thanks for having me on uh it's uh you're one of my favorite people to interact with on twitter um so uh I, I, it's nice to actually be able to talk to you properly Yes, because, you know, Twitter's not always the best place <laughs> for nuance and now you can actually like, we could kind of actually talk about these things with like a little bit more kind of get a better understanding of each other.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Nice to, I said, nice to finally meet you face to face. Yeah. It's good to finally, we've done that so many times this year with the Zoom stuff. I've met so many people in person. It's nice. To finally do this, but it was great having you on, man. I feel the same way. One of my, like I said, one of the first people on Nick's Twitter I ever interacted with. Follow Alex on Twitter. He's great. Uh, again, I'm on Twitter at uh, ChipMurphy7. Danny Small is on Twitter at DW Small. Uh, just follow the podcast, Nick State of Mind on Twitter. And uh, thank you for listening. Stay safe.